This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Tuesday morning, 215-592-9494. Uh, if you want to get in, um, as it's Taco Tuesday, uh, sure, LeBron's happy to be out of the. Mike said that LeBron was wanted to make sure he won game six so, they could, so he could be back for Taco Tuesday. Clear his calendar, yeah. He's also got to do some disciplining of uh, Bronny. Bronny's been posting some... Um, some videos on on social media. Oh no, what kind? Uh where he's he's uh using substances that, that maybe he shouldn't be using. You know. Hmm. So Bronny might need to be be uh might be in some trouble. There are a lot of what funny kind of videos. Substances? What do you, like what do you think, Mike? Like not not horrible substances, but substances. You know what I mean? A plant. Ex- exactly. You know, you see, why do you got to do this where you make me? Well, you know, get I don't know. You, you made it seem worse than it was. I, well, that's my fault for bringing this, the, bringing that up. But everybody had the videos last night of like uh, <laughs> Bronny being terrified that, that LeBron's finally leaving the bubble because Bronny's been running roughshod, <laughs> I guess, back home. So uh, LeBron's back for Taco Tuesdays. Taco that's good. Tuesday. <laughs> 215-592-9494. In a minute, we'll get to uh, Doug Peterson and uh, Stephen A. Smith on Dak Prescott. Uh, first, let's talk to Adrian. What's happening, Adrian? Tom Kelly, it would take you to put a, a, a bad spin on something. You just, um, uh, I don't know what you are, man. You, you just a negative person. What did I do? What did I do? Out of everything you said about LeBron, you had to bring up his son. Kids is off limits, man. Oh, well, I, 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 called, I ain't called to talk about that. I call to talk about that. You know, I, mean, I hear you always say, express how bad my team is, but I mean, every game we lost, we lost the teams we supposed to lose to. Y'all lost the two teams that y'all wasn't supposed. Well, to Well, Adrian, to. if that's the case, the Giants will lose every game they ever play. Of course, they're supposed to lose. They're supposed to lose to everybody. Nah, we ain't, they got the Jets. Supposed, they got the Jets. Gonna, we ain't gonna lose to we ain't gonna lose to the no name team. I think. Uh, yeah, they are. Players. Oh yeah, they are. Bet, I mean, we beat, bet we beat the no-name team and bet we beat Cincinnati. <laughs> I don't think – you're definitely not beating Cincinnati, Adrian. Cincinnati – Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow can play. Well, are you worried about Danny Dimes? a joke. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, I mean, you know, every um, – who's this guy that, that always put the spin on everything? Uh, is it Clyde Simmons? Uh, Seth Joyner? Seth Joyner. <laughs> he ain't like he done won something or he a Hall of Famer. Like, come on, man. If he was a defensive coordinator, the Eagles would be worse. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we, we can agree there, Adrian. I, I, I am not advocating for Seth Joyner to be the Eagles defensive coordinator. But, yeah, man, um, I don't know. I, I think that the bubble was a success. I ain't nobody come up with no positive. Um, I give LeBron – I still can't give him over Will Chamberlain because the numbers Will put up. I think Will would do the same thing now. Uh, he would kill this league. He would kill this league just like he killed back in the day. I mean, you. So, and the same thing with LeBron. LeBron would kill back in the day like he killing now. But them numbers will put up. You can't. You you can't deny them numbers, man. You just can't deny them. No, but I mean the so level the, of, the level of competition back then was. I mean, not nearly what it is now. There are a lot of great players in the NBA now. I don't know. I think back then it was a lot more uh, scheme. It was a lot more thinking. It was a lot better defense. Now they're not playing any defense. Like, come on, that's man. Just, Adrian, that's just not true, though. Like, I, I think it appears that way, 
But the facts are that this shooting and the offense is just so much better now that that's just the way it appears. I just think because now, you know, they got the three-point line and there's a little further. So, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the makeup of the game. But I, I think back then, I mean, you got some, you, you got some, some players that, that can probably play now. I mean, but you got a lot of players who play now, couldn't play back then, and would not be as good as they are now than back then. That's uh, just what I think. That's yeah, I, I we'll, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one, Adrian. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, just what I mean. But, uh, you know, I mean, hey, look, it's wide open. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be a lot better with Andy Dalton. Only reason I what? say that, this is what I'm, I'm going to tell you why I say it. Because now I think they're going to slow the game down a little bit more, and their defense is not going to be on the field as much. But Zach Prescott, they score so many points, so they put the defense back on the field so much. Their defense is bad. So if you can keep Dallas' defense off the field, that's going to make them a better team. I'm telling you, they're going to be a better team, man, because they're going to depend on Zeke a lot more. Um, and, they, and Andy, you got to understand, Andy Dalton, he was okay, but now you give Andy Dalton all these weapons. I'm telling you, man, it, if you think y'all can – I think they're gonna be a lot better so, uh, football team. Adrian, I just I gotta, think- I, I just gotta get this. this I want to make sure I heard you correctly. So you think they'll be better with uh, Andy Dalton because Dak Prescott was negatively affecting them by scoring more. Po- he was scoring too many points. Is no, Dallas's problem? And well, now no, they're scoring saying, less points. They'll be a better team. No, no. What I'm saying is that the defense will be a lot better because now they won't be on the field. A lot. They won't be on the field as much as they was. With Zach Prescott, that's what. I'm, can you under, can you hear the words? Or they'll just go three and out, and they'll be back on the field <laughs> a lot more often anyway. Come on, I, I'm telling you, I'm just, all I'm right. just thinking that's that's how it's going to be. Andy Dalton never played with all these weapons. He got weapons all over the place. I think um, we're I just think they're going to be a little better. All right, I got you, Adrian. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. All right, all right, take it easy. It just, I gotta say, it, it's not like I love hearing from Adrian. I like talking to. Him. It's just not, you know, it, it's not. We don't have the same kind of arguments because he's just got such a pathetic team. You know, it's kind of sad. You can hear it in his voice. He tries to ramp up the Eagles' hate, and and I mean, what was it, what was his reasoning for the Giants there? That well, we're supposed to lose, so it doesn't matter if we lose. It's just sad. It must be sad being a Giants fan or a Jets fan. What a what a terrible terrible sports scene it is in New York right now. Even the Yankees, Aaron lost. Boone, yeah, okay. Booney. Yeah. What happened to the Savages? <laughs> the Savages in the box. They uh they got what their one run and that was enough. Yeah. And by the way, in, in baseball, are the Rays really going to ruin this for us? Nobody ruin wants it. to see uh, the Rays in this World Series. Oh, uh, I know why you don't want the Rays to win it. Why? Because then that would mean you to look at me as somebody who's correct in both the NBA and MLB with my predictions. Uh, to be honest, I could care less about your predictions, Mike. Well, you I, came in, last week. You came in and said we're going to talk about your terrible predictions. I want to see. I want Astros Dodgers. I mean, how can you not want yeah, Astros Dodgers? I, well, I wanted Astros Yankees more. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love Joe Kelly and Correa uh, meeting in like a big at bat, like with the World Series on the line? That'd be unbelievable. It would. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, and the you know the Braves are entertaining. The Ra- there's just nothing entertaining about the Rays. Nobody wants to see the Rays get in the World Series. I I think it is. Like you have no idea. But you're like a if you're ending what they're gonna do. But you you you're like a baseball guy. Like to to the hilt, Mike. Like it's usually it, baseball guys are the ones that watch the playoffs. Yeah. Right. But as a, as more casual fans, we're looking for storylines. What about and a the Rose Astros Arena? bring the storylines. A Rose Arena. I you could ask. 20 people who Randy Rosarina is, and I can tell you probably I'd be shocked if five knew who he was. Maybe, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, so um, I guess I won that that argument. Well, I don't know. I'll proclaim myself the winner. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Talking about the Eagles um, most of the night here, and my kind of positive spin on things. Not known as the most positive person, but I am optimistic about the rest of the season right now. Um, number one, because Carson Wentz played significantly better in that game in Pittsburgh on Sunday, which was needed. I mean, the Eagles need Carson Wentz to play at the level he played at the end of last season and, you know, just run the offense competently. And I I feel much more confident that he's going to be able to do that after what we saw on Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh. But the other reason why I am more optimistic, um, and 
this is not something I take joy in, but the reality is it does help the Eagles, is the Dak Prescott injury. And the fact that now the Eagles become the clear favorite to win this division to the point where it would be a massive, massive failure if they did not win the division. And, uh, you know, the Dak Prescott injury is uh, terrible. It's terrible. It's something you never want to see um, for any player, and especially a player that is entertaining to watch, regardless of what you feel about Dak, um, and is such a, an important player in the league. And, you know, you saw on social media just an outpouring of, you know, sympathy for, for Dak, who has been somebody who's gone through a lot, has opened up about his, you know, mental health struggles. Um throughout all this after, you know, losing a family member last year and uh, is obviously a well-respected guy throughout the league. You can just see that by how people have, you know, reacted to this injury that not only puts him out for the rest of the season, but potentially jeopardizes the rest of his career. And uh, here was Doug Peterson on Monday uh, talking about his perspective looking at the Dak injury. Well, I, you know, as, as I said with, uh, you know, with Angelo this morning that uh, my heart, my heart goes out to, to Dak and obviously his family and you, you never want to see anybody, um, whether it be on your own team or uh, even a, a, a rival or anybody in the, in the league, you know, suffer these types of injuries, um, you know, because we know that this game is hard enough and injuries are a part of the game, but, but these types of injuries where, you know, he could miss obviously the, the remainder of the season, uh, multiple weeks for sure. Um, It's just, uh, it's, it's terrible. And, and um, you know, uh, having, having gone through it with, with our quarterback, with Carson, um, you know, and, 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 and Dallas is in the, in that same boat now it's the next man up mentality and, and, you know, they'll rally and, and, and be behind, you know, Andy Dalton and, and get, get him prepared and ready to go. Just like we did with, you know, with Nick Foles back, uh, you know, a few years ago. So uh, you never want to see it, you know, happen. Um, my thoughts and prayers are obviously with, with Dak and his recovery and uh, hope to see him out on the field soon. Yeah. And it, and it, it is terrible. And regardless how you feel about the player or, or the team he plays for, Nobody wants to see that, uh, you know, as as especially as gruesome an injury as that was. Um, but now, uh, you know, the fallout of this, and honestly, I missed the story on it. I was I was so preoccupied with the Eagles and, um, you know, uh, the outlook with Dak being out. I didn't even think about the contract part of it until Linda and Bala had brought it up to me last night, and. Uh yeah, Mike Linda brought this up, and I I I I blanked on it. She's I did. A, she's a salary cap guru. It, no, Linda Linda's great, and she thinks about this kind of stuff. But Linda brought it up, and it, it's exactly right that the fallout of this now, with the contract situation, I mean, it could be catastrophic for Dak Prescott. I mean, he's a guy who obviously is making decent money and has made good money, but. When you look at the fact that he had a contract extension seemingly on the table where he could have been upwards of $100 million, and now who knows if he ever sees that money, um, it could be a a big-time issue for him moving forward. And now the question becomes, like, what is he owed from the Dallas Cowboys? Like, what is he owed from, I guess, a moral perspective? In terms of, obviously, he gambled on himself, and now uh, that long-term contract is in peril. Well, Stephen A. Smith, uh, on I, I guess this was on first take, right? Yes. Okay. Stephen A. was on first take, and he had some strong thoughts about how Jerry Jones should handle this situation. Here's Stephen A. Somehow, some way, Dak Prescott can't get a long-term deal. Now, I know that Jerry Jones is like, or, or the Dallas Cowboys, reportedly, because one of the things that I lamented with all of these astute aficionados and big-time insiders, nobody could definitively tell us what the hell a hang-up was. And then we learned, oh, Jerry Jones wants to lock him in for five years. Dak Prescott only wants to sign for four years. Would that have stopped you from signing Tony Romo? Would that have stopped you from taking care of him? Would that have stopped you from ensuring 
that an incident like yesterday with Dak Prescott takes place and instead with Tony Romo where his future would have been set. Now Dak Prescott's up in the air. We get to sit back and just say, okay, Jerry Jones has thrown all of these laudables in his way. He's a Dallas Cowboy. We're going to take care of him. All the love and support is here. But his contract still expires this year. And then you get to franchise him next year. And he'll be on a one-year deal again. And, oh, by the way, now he's got to come back with something to prove. Got to prove he's healthy. Got to prove his durability is still not going to be a question. And as a result, maybe then he'll get his money. But when that wasn't a question, you wouldn't, you wouldn't commit to him long-term unless it was longer than he wanted it. This stinks. It's messed up. And it's a damn shame that Dak Prescott has to be in this position. I know he's still getting his $31.4 million. I know he'll probably get more than that with the franchise tag next year. But at a time, seven years ago, when uh, Tony Romo was getting paid nine figures, his durability was question mark, and he wasn't winning any more than Dak was. Uh, Somehow, someway, he's taken care of, and Dak Prescott is in this position. Jerry Jones, I'm sure you're proud. Brilliant business move. I'm sure you're proud. Now, I mean, I, I this puts me in a really difficult position. And, yeah, I mean, Dak still is making over $30 million. I mean, he's, Dak's going to be all right financially. I mean, he is losing potentially a decent amount of money, um, but he is all right financially. This puts me in a difficult position because there are not many people that I hate, even though I think I did say I hated – Sean Payton and Taysom Hill earlier. Maybe I don't hate those guys. Maybe that was a little over the top. Um, but one person who I, maybe I do hate is Jerry Jones. I mean, Jerry Jones, I think, is, you know, in many ways a, a, a pretty evil person um, and has been over the course of his career. And I, I don't think, you know, has the well-being of others as a top priority of his, I mean, just look at how full his stadium has been so far this year. You know, he's, he wants the money, and he, he doesn't care about the health of his fans. Um, you don't th- squeeze your daddy as hard as you can. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but so be it. Um, but as much as I would like to agree with Stephen A. Smith on this and yell and scream about Jerry Jones and what an awful person. How could you not give Dak Prescott a long-term deal now? I can't do that. Like, I mean, I don't – what is – Mike, what was Stephen A's premise now? That morally, Jerry Jones is under some sort of moral obligation Mm -hmm. to give Dak Prescott an $100 million deal? Like, this is like – Dak had the option to sign the contract – he decided right. not to sign the contract. I hate to agree with Jerry Jones, but Jerry Jones doesn't have an obligation to give Dak that deal now. No, this is, you know, I've, I've become a fan of Stephen A. in the recent years, but this was a miss. Like, yeah. the presentation of it was, like, just, I don't, like, why did he, like, he should have just omitted the, the five-year contract thing from his argument. That hurt him. Say, like, Jerry wanted to overcommit to him. He wanted to commit to him so much that Dak didn't like how many years he wanted to commit it to uh, the contract was. Right. Like, that was a weird miss. I mean, I don't know. Like, Tony Romo signed a six-year deal. Right, right. Why did he sign a six-year deal? Because he signed it. Right. He acts <laughs> like he's playing favorites with Romo. It's like, no. The difference is Romo signed the deal that he was offered. And like, Romo won more than Prescott. Let's uh, not mistake that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did. yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And, um, like, okay, well, Romo was playing under the contract that he and Jerry Jones and the Cowboys had all agreed upon. Like, if Tony Romo hadn't signed the contract, Jerry Jones wouldn't be paying Tony Romo over $100 million. Like, Tony Romo made the decision. He wanted to take that deal. Dak Prescott decided to gamble on himself. And unfortunately for him, that gamble backfired. That's not Jerry Jones' fault. Right. Yeah, I mean, everyone's in a rush now to, um, like, just in this COVID climate to to be pro-labor and not want to back the owner. But, you know, sometimes, like, the gamble goes wrong. Like, the, the gambling on yourself. You know, he busted. He was wrong. Right. And, like, you look at the Carson Wentz deal, and there is, you know, we can debate forever whether Carson Wentz, what, you know, what kind of player he's going to be, but pretty much everybody nationally, so not just from Philadelphia, but nationally, said at the time 
That's a pretty team-friendly deal. The reason the Eagles got Carson Wentz below value of where theoretically of what theoretically he could have gotten was because of the injury history. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz could have opted to gamble on himself. And he could have decided not to sign that deal. And you know what? Even with the struggles he's had this year, the Eagles would have had to pay him more. But they got him below market value in a way because, I mean, Carson made the decision to sign the contract. Dak made the decision not to sign the contract. Like, this isn't that confusing. Um, I don't want to defend Jerry Jones ever. But Stephen A's wrong here. The Cowboys aren't obligated to give him a long-term deal now out of sympathy. That's not the way it works. No, it's not. That's um, I mean, it, it would it would be foolish to give him the same contract again, right? right. Like, like that's why that's why there was like a legitimate debate at the time when the Sixers gave Joel Embiid that max extension. Uh, there was skepticism of whether they should have given him the contract. Obviously, it's proven out that was the right move. But at the time, there was legit concern based off Embiid's injury history that that might not have been uh, the wisest move, you know? So I I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith there. Hate to side with Jerry Jones on anything. And, I mean, Dak might still get the long-term deal. It depends kind of how the recovery goes. I think right now the injury's bad and it looks bad. Um but there's a chance that he comes back next year and he's fine. Like, I think right now the the reason people are so concerned, obviously the way it looked, um, it was ugly. But the, the thought of Alex Smith comes in everybody's mind. Um, but, you know, if Dak Prescott doesn't have the complications that Alex Smith had, then maybe he comes back fine here. You know, like, this could end up being the equivalent to a torn ACL and Dak Prescott could be back at, at – at full strength. Some are saying it's a blessing. We yeah, would would you tell me Tony Dungy had said that? Tony Dungy said it was a it could be a blessing in disguise because it, it'll make the Cowboys run the ball more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a heck of a take. Yeah. That that the, Tony and Adrian should have lunch and talk about why Dak getting hurt is a good thing for the Cowboys. Uh 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back me and Michael continue our bubble draft a little bit. And I also want to, uh, you know, uh, talk a little more about the Eagles emerging star at wide receiver um, and what it means for the team going forward. We'll do that a little, a little bit next. Um, I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. I teased this about two and a half hours ago at the top of the show. But next segment, we have what Mike Angelina has hyped up to be a super-sized, is that the way you put it? Gabe Kapler check-in. How much? How much? Just, it was a powerful one. It okay, was... powerful. How many sounds do we have from Gabe next segment? Three. We'll get, um, we'll get a piece of clarity on Gabe's appearance from five months ago on your favorite show, Shelter on Bays. Okay. Um, we'll get an update on what Gabe's doing. He, he's sending birthday wishes to fans and stuff. Um, I found a video with on YouTube that only had three view three views. So <laughs> three we're, views. Yes. Yeah, so wow. We're about to open that up, and then um, make sure you don't get a virus or something. You open that up. Yeah. Three views. I don't know. Uh, and then um, we'll have a musical update on what Gabe's been up to. But in, in such a Gabe way, he explains it pretty funny. Like it, it'll make everyone laugh. All right. Well, do you think this is going to be the last Gabe check-in, or do you think we're going to have more next week? No, I unlocked some more stuff. Okay, great. Um, with the season over, we are uncertain of where our uh, Gabe check-ins would come from. Yeah. So I think going forward, we may have like a Gabe tip of the week like it'll be just it'll be a more abbreviated segment but it's just one little piece of advice from Gabe okay well so either way we'll keep Gabe integrated in the show here which I'm sure he he will enjoy because I'm sure he listens to the show frequently um but (laughs) in a minute um I I do want to talk a little more about the Eagles uh emerging star Travis Fulgham who I mean, I think this kid is for real. I, I really do. I don't think this is a flash in the pan going away type thing. They they might have found the real player here. So we'll talk about him in a minute. But first, let's make a couple more picks in our bubble draft. Me and Mike, with this NBA season coming to an end, we're both big basketball guys. Um, we're upset that basketball's over. I guess college basketball starts soon, though. 
So at least we'll have something to watch. Uh, how do you feel about your your St. Mary's Gales this year? My St. Mary's Gales. Yeah. Uh, are they going to play? I guess, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, maybe the WCC. I'm not sure. Yeah, where know. they stand right now. I'm not. I'm still like getting into. Like, I'm in college football and NFL mode. I'm not, yeah. And, obviously, NLCS. Yeah. I was so bummed the other night. I looked up NBA, um, you know, uh, timeline, like, for the offseason. Yeah. And the first article I looked up said the draft was Friday night. No, and I'm like, Yeah, but I, at first I, I'm like, oh, the draft's Friday night. I was excited about that. Um, but you know, we still have a little while to go now between that and the offseason. I like the other night when um, there's baseball playoffs going on, NBA finals going on. Football's midseason, college football's back, and the NHL just slips in a draft. Yeah, nobody knew that was happening. Um, but I guess the Flyers got got somebody. Uh, that That's our hockey analysis tonight. Yeah, they drafted somebody. Yeah, they drafted somebody, and they signed Gustafson today, which I know Turtle wasn't happy about. Turtle Turtle hates every move. What, what was the last make. Flyers move that, that they made that Turtle approved of? I don't know. He hates every move they make. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Maybe when Bill's back from his honeymoon, maybe we'll book Bill Matz to uh, break down the Flyers offseason. Um, but uh, with basketball coming to an end, me and Mike are selecting our all-bubble teams. Uh, so I guess, Mike, we'll, we'll, we'll take a starting lineup and then, like, two bench guys. Okay. What do you think of that? Yeah. So right now you have um, Jamal Murray and Tyler Hero. I have Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic. Uh, why don't you make your next pick here? All right. Uh, Bam Adebayo. You're taking Pam out of bio as your center. Okay. Um, and I will take uh, Devin Booker, who had a very strong showing uh, with the Suns, as my next pick. Um, and, yeah, we should point out to if anyone just joined that this is based on whose stock rose the most. Right. Not necessarily the best player. Thank you, Mike. That, that is a, a good thing to, uh, to specify is whose stock rose the most in the bubble, not just the best players. Um, so why don't you make another pick here? I think I will go with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Okay. That's a good one. Um, and I am going to take from the Indiana Pacers, TJ Warren, who put 50 plus on the Sixers. He, uh, stock rose with one exhibition. I have a high scoring squad with Lillard and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Booker and Warren. I think I'm beating you so far. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I still need power forward. We'll get back to this uh, in a little bit here. Um, but. Uh, uh, we'll continue doing research on our, our bubble guys. I have done no research. This is basically just off the top of my head here. I have one guy who I can't stand but absolutely needs to be on this team. Okay. That we'll, get to. well, we'll pick this up in the 5 o'clock segment when we have to – are we doing a fantasy update or are we uh, vow not to do one? We haven't heard from uh, Andrew. I mean, so. we could. Like, my outcome's not determined yet because I have uh, the Titans tight end Smith. Oh, yeah. They're so, still Tuesday night. Yeah, I don't – I so, mean, we could talk about how badly you are, how bad your team Yeah, is. maybe we'll just skip it this week. Okay. I'm kind of – I've lost the ESP, of all people. Yeah. Ugh, that's just terrible. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, and as I said, we'll hear from Gabe next segment. But um, I did want to talk a little bit about the Eagles receivers here. As Travis Fulgham has uh, emerged in an incredible way over the last two games, has the game-winning touchdown against the Niners – and at that point, you're looking at it, and you're thinking, okay, nice story. Undrafted kid steps in when the Eagles are depleted, makes a big play, and helps you win a game. And, you know, even if that was the end of the story, you'd think, okay, that's a pretty positive story. Then what happened on Sunday happened, where he has 10 catches, 152 yards. Is he going to be the NFC Offensive Player of the Week? Like, there's got to be a legitimate chance that he ends up winning that award for this week. Um, but 10 for 152 and a touchdown, uh, which is just incredible. It's as good a game I've seen from an Eagles wide receiver. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen an Eagles wide receiver have that kind of a game, that kind of dominance. And the way he is able to use his body to shield off defenders and, and the way he just goes up for balls, like it, it was so just refreshing to see a wide receiver actually going up and making a play like that play in the back of the end zone John Hightower where it was actually a beautiful ball from Wentz he should have caught it and he's just waiting for it to come to him and then it goes through his arms if he goes over tries to make that play and catch the ball at his highest point he might make that play and then the whole game's different but um Fulgham reminded me of 
Alshon Jeffrey, back when Alshon Jeffrey was a productive player, a guy that's big, not the speediest player, but can use that size to his advantage. And, you know, it, it's an unbelievable story here to see what an undrafted player who's bounced around the league has done. Um, here's Doug Peterson on Monday talking about his new star receiver. You know, I didn't really know um... – much about him. I mean, I knew coming out of the draft, I mean, he was on our draft board and he was, I think, uh, one of the uh, third or fourth round grade on him, you know, coming out. And and so we had him, we had him ranked pretty high, but I didn't, didn't spend enough time or really any time looking at that, at that time until we got him and then, you know, watched his tape and, you know, he came to us, he started making plays against the, you know, the defense on certain, on the practice squad. And, just then injuries happened and he, he gets an opportunity. It's a, it's a great example of players that get opportunities and they make the most of their opportunities. And, and that's what he's, that's what he's doing right now. And, and um, uh, what a, what a game yesterday. And, and he's got a really good feel you know, with, with, with Carson. And again, that's something we got to continue to, uh, you know, keep that relationship growing. Now, you know, obviously the Eagles didn't see this from a talent perspective. And I mean, uh, nobody else did either. You know, nobody had signed Travis Fulgham. Nobody thought that he had this kind of potential uh, or else obviously would have had a job. Now, it just goes to show that so much of playing wide receiver is having that chemistry with a quarterback. And in a lot of ways, that is much more important than talent alone. And, you know, the reason you kind of bring that up here is when you look at at this offense moving forward, and obviously we'll continue to ask and see when the Eagles are going to get some of these players back. But, you know, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, I assume are going to be back at some point. Um, I'll say I'm not in a rush for either of those guys to come back. Like, I honestly don't care if either of them come back. Um... Alshon Jeffrey, we know the issues he's had. Deshaun Jackson, you can never rely on him to be healthy. And, you know, I, I I think the Eagles need to really start prioritizing which guys does Carson Wentz click with the most? Because that that's clearly something that affects his play. I don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden Carson Wentz is playing better when he finds a receiver that he's on the same page with. Like, it's not a coincidence. Carson Wentz all of a sudden looks like Carson Wentz again after he has developed this kind of com- this kind of chemistry with Travis Fulgham. And you can't be taking him off the field to four snaps for Alshon Jeffrey or four snaps for Deshaun Jackson or four snaps for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who honestly, I-, I would like to see him cut at this point. I don't care if he's second-round pick. The guy can't play. He hurts you every time he's in. You can't have Travis Fulgham losing snaps to players who don't play well with this quarterback. And the Eagles need to understand that and start prioritizing that more. Where you've got to play the players who are on the same page with Carson Wentz. Obviously, that is something that affects his play. And, you know clearly helps the offense when he's on the same page uh, with receiver. And the guys he's clicked with are Fulgham and Ward and obviously Jalen Rager. When he gets back, he's going to play and he should play. Um, But chemistry is more important than talent when it comes to that side of the ball. And, you know, we focus so much on the receivers and I get it. They haven't been good the last couple years, but I don't know if it's all talent or if it's that connection with the quarterback more than anything. Because you look at a guy like Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar was, I think we all knew, had some level of talent, but he never really connected with Carson Wentz. You look at Nelson Aguilar this year in in, uh, Las Vegas, rather, he's having a pretty good season. So the Eagles need to focus on that kind of thing and, and get Carson Wentz involved in these decisions. Ask him who he wants out on the field. Stop trying to force guys that obviously he just has no chemistry with, like Alshon Jeffrey and J.D.R. Thagel-Whiteside. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 
When we get back, we will have a Gabe Kapler check-in, um, postseason edition, and hear from Gabe on what's been going on uh, out by the bay this last week. Uh, so we'll do that next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly with you for another couple segments here uh, before we talk to Al for the Overlap Show. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. We have gotten a tweet from Andrew um, asking for his fantasy football update, so I guess we got to do it. Um, But good to hear from Andrew. I was worried about him because we hadn't heard from him this year, but apparently he still does want his updates, Mike, so... I'm going to have to update my uh, my loss to ESP, which is you never want to lose to ESP. He's like the villain of the league, uh, just like he's the villain of WIP. So huh, the villain of WIP. Well, I, uh, you know, Elliot's got some controversial takes. I personally find Elliot amusing. I don't have a problem with Elliot, but, you know, uh, a lot of people don't think he has an anti-Carson Wentz agenda, which he, he may. Um, but, I, I, you know, I find Elliot entertaining. Should, I have no problem with Elliot. If we have a... I mean, hopefully it doesn't come to this, but if we have another pandemic again, instead of, like, go to Broad Street, we should do the villain of WIP. Yeah, that's a go. I mean, I only have one – I only have a problem with one person league, and I'm not going to mention any names. Yeah. If you listen to the show frequently, you know who that is. Mike knows it, it, who that it is. It slipped in last night. Yeah, I mean, most, most kind of – we have rules on this show that I, I, I kind of had to, you know, uh, tell Mosh on the air. There are certain names that we yeah. just don't – we don't mention. It's probably tired. It's probably just a moment of weakness. People are a little sensitive. So, you know, there there is, you know, we have certain rivalries, and uh, there is one person uh, in the league that I, you know, we uh, don't get a don't yeah. always get along great. Yeah, and um, next segment, too, we'll, we'll tell everyone about an argument that's kind of spurred on by the midday show. Yeah. I did use, I also used to have a rivalry with uh, Dave Uram, but me, me and Uram are good now, I guess. You, yeah. I get you ramming yeah. smaller doses now, and if you you're ramming small doses, yeah, you ram small doses. He's nothing but productive. Being around you ram all the time is is just, you know that that can get that can get a little uh, <laughs> a little repetitive <laughs> quickly. Um, but Dave knows we're all, we're having fun if he, if he's listening right now. Uh, he's probably not though. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Um, so Gabe Kapler check in, Mike. What do we got from from Gabe today? Uh, as he his off season's underway, is he enjoying his off season? Um, well, I mean, I think he'd be he'd rather be somewhere else. He'd probably rather be at um, in Arlington, the NLCS. Whereas, you know, well, he, you know, who was there? His buddy Pablo. Pablo. Pablo was there. I didn't even know Pablo like landed on his feet. Yeah, I mean, I just saw some big fat guy at the plate, and he got I, apparently got hit by a pitch, and and that was a big play in the game. I couldn't find a clip of this, but apparently. Post game, he called Max Fareed Max Frito. Like, Max Frito, like the chip. Or the, is it or his snack. name Freed? It is Freed. Okay. But Pablo thought it was Frito. Oh, okay. Um, the pitcher of the Braves. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, Gabe, this one, I I watched this video just for your sake because I know how much of a fan you are of the show. Shelter on base. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's these four bloggers that, that get on Zoom and just kind of chat. Um, and they had Gabe on during the pandemic, pretty early in the pandemic, like maybe early May. And I thought like they just, you know, maybe they reached out to the Giants PR team and try to get Gabe. That's not what happened. Gabe heard an episode of their show and wanted to call in. And uh, this is them kind of talking about that. It was a great year. The Giants way overperformed. Farhan got some steals. And I think Gabe, you know, from what I read from the players after the season, it, said, it seemed like they all adjusted and started to warm up to his style. I loved it as a fan. He came on our show, which like yep. he could have won Ask zero games. Come on our show, my best of the season. Yeah, Carmen, to come on, yeah, come on the show. He yeah, that's not, true. He did not invite him. He, he invited always, him. Always, always, always hey, always long time, him. long time watcher, first time caller. Um, he I wanted love. to talk to us about Bay Area hip hop. That's yeah, why that's he right. wanted to be on the show. That's legitimately why he wanted to be on the show. Shout out Gabe Kapler. Yeah, and he can go over 162 okay. next year. I'm, I'm or as Cole it. likes to call him, Gabe the Babe. Gabe the Babe. Gabe the Babe Kapler. <laughs> so they're, they're calling him Gabe the Babe? Is that what they were calling him? Yeah, I mean, he wanted to talk West Coast rap so badly. He begged to go on the So he's show. just going around begging to go on podcasts? I guess. 
<laughs> Maybe we can book him. Maybe we can. But I mean, I don't. I this. I don't think Gabe's coming. Can we back just on. tell? Like, just can we just amuse him by telling him we'll talk West Coast rap for five minutes? I would definitely. I'll talk about whatever Gabe wants to talk. About. If Gabe wants to come on, I will talk about whatever he wants to. I'll <laughs> chat about whatever he wants to chat about. Gabe, I'll book you with this guy. He doesn't even know what Fleetwood Mac is, but talk music with him. So you heard the Fleetwood Mac conversation? Like yeah. That? So it is a, it's a band. It's not a person. Well, it's two people's last names. Oh, all right. I, I don't know. Have you stay, Are you uh, anno- as annoyed with that video as I am? I'm 0% annoyed by it. Oh, I'm, t- I'm tired of this. I, I, don't get, I don't get the the whole obsession with this cranberry juice video. It's made out pretty well. Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's doing great. I just... Yeah, I guess I'm jealous of his success. I don't know. I don't. I don't get what what's so amusing about it. All right. Uh, but let's move on with the check-in. Uh, this one is th- all right. So this part of the of this of the check-in is just gonna be what Gabe's been up to. This is just a quick one. Um, I found you know the cameo thing where you can like wish somebody a happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. He did it for a 16 year old. Um, this is what I was referring how, to on YouTube. I found it had three views. So how much is Gabe uh, g- going for on Cameo? Because certain people, people, it differs in the level of, of payment for a, a wish. Do you know? Do you know how much uh, it costs for Gabe to uh, send you a little uh, video message? Um, no, maybe while I play the clip, I can find. Okay, it. sorry. Hey, it's Gabe Kaplan with the Giants, and uh, this is for Alex. Alex, just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. I know you're going to turn 16. I uh, know you're a you're a catcher, and you you, you get done behind the plate, and uh, you're a junior at Carmel High High School. Very very cool. Um, I know you have type one diabetes, and and you're able to overcome that and be a tremendous student and a tremendous athlete. Just want you to know how much I respect that. Um, stay strong, safe, and healthy. Hopefully, see you at a ballpark in 2021. Take care. That's a nice message. Yeah, um, we gets it done behind the plate. We should get Gabe next time. Uh, I I don't know when Angelo's birthday is, but whenever Angelo's birthday, we should get Gabe a uh, Gabe to wish Angelo a happy birthday on camera. I think it was in March. Uh, seventy five dollars. Seventy five. Wow, that's pretty high price. Gabe Gabe doesn't come cheap. Well, it's all for a good cause. Yeah, whatever that cause. Will I'm you buy? Will you buy me a cameo? A Gabe uh, cameo birthday message on March tenth, Mike. I'm going to have to stretch my budget from a bagel to a Gabe Kapler cameo. Yeah. And two bagels now you said you're going to buy. Well, that's only if your son's born on the same day. Right, right. Only if he's born on the same day as me. So if he is, you're going to have to get us two bagels. That's right. Um, All right, so this next uh, final piece of Gabe audio, I saved the best one for last. It's basically him saying he's using, like, the internet to learn how to play bass. But it's just such, like, just very Gabe way to go about it. We have access to the library and the internet for even more information. For example, I recently started playing my bass guitar again after a very long layoff. I was interested in learning a different way, so I hopped on my computer and I learned that musical instruments are taught in online lessons with a virtual teacher, live one-on-ones, and with countless other methods. So. I don't have to go anywhere. There are apps, free YouTube videos, and all sorts of tricks, tools, and hacks. In case you're unfamiliar, hacks are just ways to learn quicker and more efficiently. See? We're learning. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Wait, so what was that? was an ad read of some sort, I'm assuming. Uh, He was reading some sort of script. That's that's clear. Yeah, so it was... my understanding is it was like a back to school thing for like kids of like, hey, even though this is different, you can still learn on the internet because I'm learning on the internet too. So like, don't be alarmed. You, like you can still learn, it's like kind of that kind of encouragement of right. message. But why was he cracking up laughing? <laughs> that was I the mean, part that was odd. Well, I think he was laughing at himself for how ridiculous that hack comment was. Yeah, well, he didn't need to go on a tangent about what a hack was. I mean, that was his choice. I don't think that was written into. He went off script, and that threw him off. I, that was the problem. Um, or maybe the script called for him to explain a hack, and he was laughing because this is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But maybe. I mean, who knows? Uh, but uh, Gabe, well, it's good to see that Gabe is is staying um, busy this off season. You know, he's certainly uh, certainly keeping his time occupied with you know doing 
video messages. He's got, uh, it sounds like a little side job with Cameo. And uh, good good for Gabe. He's staying busy. He's, he's found some hacks. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll have uh, more Gabe for you uh, next week, I guess. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. When we get back, um, we will give our fantasy football update, which Andrew has requested. We will finish our um, NBA bubble draft, and uh, we will uh, talk about the possibility of fans being at the link this week um, as that decision. I guess I think it's supposed to come down today. Uh, so we will uh, discuss that a little bit. And just a moronic, irresponsible comment um, from Florida uh, head coach Dan Mullen, um, who has uh, no regard whatsoever for public safety. Uh, so we'll do that next. Even double down on it. Yeah, he's that guy. What a college football coaches are just the worst. Um, uh, so we'll we'll do that next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly uh, with you for a couple more minutes here. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, some things we've been discussing throughout the course of the show. Uh, my optimism regarding the Eagles following Sunday's loss in Pittsburgh. And these five weeks have obviously not gone according to plan for the Eagles. Um, They have been an underperforming team. They've been a disappointing team in many, in many areas. Um, But five weeks into the season, their chances of going to the playoffs are somehow at one, three and one much better than they were prior to the season. I mean, before the season started, I thought they were an 8-8 eight eight team. Even with another playoff team getting in, I did not think they were going to go to the playoffs. Uh, I thought this was a year that they were intentionally trying to take a step back, um, you know, to try to take two steps forward in the future. Uh, I, I just didn't think they had a playoff roster. But after what we have seen and, and the unfortunate injury to Dak Prescott, um, and how terrible the Giants are, and how terrible Washington is, and Carson Wentz, after a really poor start to the season, playing significantly better the last couple weeks, especially on Sunday. I mean, Sunday against Pittsburgh was um, one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Uh, Certainly, since 2017, uh, Mike South Philly had said last night he thought it was the best game he's played in three years, and um, I think there's an argument to be made there. He was really good. And when you take all of that into account, there is no reason the Eagles should not be able to find a way to win this division and get to the postseason. And does that solve all their problems long term? Of course not. Uh, But, uh, you know, I do not see the benefit in not making the playoffs. I think overreacting to five games that admittedly there's been a lot of bad in there, but it's a long season. And this team has shown over the course of Doug Peterson's career in Philadelphia and even dating back to to Andy Reid that they have a knack for playing their best football after Thanksgiving. And that's when you need to turn it on. And if the Eagles can figure some of this stuff out, they have time to do so now. Um, you get in the playoffs, uh, you have a chance. So I'm feeling a lot better about this team. Uh, feel really good if they can find a way to beat Baltimore this week um, because after that, the schedule does lighten up a little bit. You get the Giants at home, Dallas at home, um, back-to-back primetime games, which we're happy about on this show. And then, um, you know, Cleveland and, and the Giants again. It's the last Sunday 1 o'clock for a while. Then Thank there's, like, go- then there's two in mid-November, goodness. and then we're done. Thank goodness. These 1 o'clock games are the worst. Uh, they, they are just the worst. Uh, I, I, I hate the 1 o'clock games. Um, no energy, especially without fans. Now 1 o'clock games are just even worse. Terrible. Um, so uh, the Eagles' schedule lightens up a little bit, and uh, you know I, I think now it's kind of obvious. They, they should go to the postseason. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so we've been discussing that. Uh, we told you earlier about Monday Night Football, a great uh, game on Monday night. Saints win in overtime. I, I went on a little 
ran about Taysom Hill. I think it's the dumbest thing in football, well, the way Sean Payton keeps going to Taysom Hill. It's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, so we're arguing about that. And then we got Tuesday night football tonight, Titans and Bills. Uh, who do you like in that one, Mike? Do you think this layoff for the Titans will uh, affect them significantly here? I would think it does. I just I don't know what to, to what extent. Like I don't know if it's a conditioning effect. If, is it? Um, are they galvanized by this? I, like I don't. I, I don't. It could go either way. Right. I, I don't see it just being like a an unchanged thing. Right. But I do like Tuesday night football. So uh, excited for that. Um, Why and do you like Tuesday night football? I, I like football every. I wish there was a football game every night of the week. We're in the league championship series of baseball. There's yeah, I'd, I'd rather. I, I mean, I I'd, I'd rather watch football. Uh, double doubleheader baseball Tuesday night as well. So I'll watch that after the football game. I'll ju- I'll jump in midway through uh, the Dodgers Braves. If it was A's Mariners, would you watch? Of course. Yeah. I mean that. Of course, I'm watching that one. Um, but those the, the Mariners might never make the playoffs again. So uh, unfortunately, Phillies are more likely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess w- without further ado, let's do this fantasy update. Uh, Andrew has asked for it, so I guess we'll continue doing them now. What happened WIP Fantasy League this week, Mike? Well, off the field, um, I think it was James Seltzer brought – he wanted this idea. Now, oh, yeah, I saw this you email chain. on it. I didn't even read it. I, I just saw a bunch of responses. And, and then uh, the only thing I read was James Seltzer saying this is like an embarrassment to the league. Uh, James Seltzer takes fantasy football really seriously. Yeah. Like to the point where I kind of worry about him. A little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty hardcore. He wanted uh, to propose a rule where you email the commissioner, which is Turtle. No, already well, alarming. Yeah, well, you, anything dealing with Turtle is going to get screwed up. So yeah. there's no point to even So try. he wanted us to email Turtle by the close of business Friday each week of if we have, like, a backup to announce that they would play for a guy who, like, if he, like, tests positive for COVID and he's not playing. Why wouldn't you just put him in the lineup Sunday? That's that's something I would I would like to do. But yeah, I think these are people that like I think they want it for like if their guy their backup plays a Thursday game, but then their guy on Monday tests positive for COVID, but then they can't put him in. Right. But if you email Turtle, then you know T- Turtle just add the points manually. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like yeah. if, if I don't know, just make a call as a manager if you think if you think a game looks you know like it's uncertain if it's going to play, then maybe just steer away from it. Like it's not that hard. I did have this dilemma on Sunday because I, I in multiple leagues I have Stefan Diggs and I didn't know if this game Tuesday night was actually going to happen. So um, I obviously want to start Stefan Diggs because he's one of the better receivers in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and I took a gamble. Yeah, you got to take a gamble. Well, I don't know what else also, say. It, like it leads to these situations where like say like I'm up by like five on like John Ritchie. And I think I have it in the bag. So I make decisions thinking, like, all right, you know, I don't need to get too crazy here. I have this win. And then you find out, like, oh, John, he sidebarred Turtle. And this right. has happened. And then, like, you find out you lose. It's like, it's not. And, and then like, if you're doing that, the... you need Turtle, let everybody know. And Turtle would screw it up. So anything you leave, in, uh, Turtle shouldn't be running this league. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> what do we got for the update? Uh, well, all these games are undecided, except for your game. They're undecided because, as you said, there's Tuesday Night Football. Yep. So this is going to be a pretty bad update. Um, I'll give you this. Your team's consistent. You're always, like, right at that, like, 86-point mark. My team is terrible. It's the worst fantasy football team I've ever had in any league ever. Worse than last year? Yeah. I think this team's worse. It's it's just – it's terrible. Some of the guys I had to start this week started David Moore. He had no points. All right. Started Zach Paschal. Uh, Colts? Yeah. It's more of a quarterback problem, but yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, not good. So you only started those two guys, and, the, and I left Mike Williams on the bench. He had twenty-seven points. I wouldn't have won anyway, but uh, that's where my team's at right now. Wow! So you took Mike Williams in front of me only to to not even use him. Yep, he had a good game. Justin Herbert's pretty good, by the way. He had a good game on Monday. Yeah, Williams catch to put them in field goal range. Yeah, uh, which ended up being worthless, but it was a nice catch nonetheless. Right. Um. So that's fantasy football update. Uh, you were really into that one. No, I'm I'm done. My team's so bad. I'm I'm done with this. Uh, but let's finish up this bubble draft real quick. All right. Um, who do you who do you got here, Mike? Uh, right. yeah, well, let's uh, go run down the teams real quick first. Uh, Jamal Murray, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. I think it's, we've done three each. They're four. And uh, who else did you have? Um, you had somebody else. This right, is great radio here. Well. I I had um, 
My team so far is Damian Lillard, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, uh, TJ Warren, and Nikola Jokic. Okay. Um, this last, this next guy I'm going to mention, I just I can't stand low IQ players, so I don't like him. But Michael Porter has to be in this in this. Match. Okay. Yeah, he had a pretty good bubble. Yeah. Uh, that that that's a that's a decent selection there. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder Dort. Lou Dort? Yeah. You forgot his he was first great. name, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But I know he had a good bubble. He had a good game against the Rockets. Yeah. Yeah, he improved his stock. Even uh, he was so, you know, influential. He inspired James Harden to play defense for a second. Yeah. So uh, that that's my guy there. All right. Let's just take one more one more per team. I'm running out of guys. Uh, or we can take two more, whatever. Norm Powell. Okay. I'll take Karis LeVert. Okay. Um, not over TLC? Yes. Because yes. TLC probably earned himself a spot for next year, where Karis LeVert already had that. Yes. I'll, I'll take LeVert. Right. And then let's go one more. Um, Playoff Rondo. Rondo. What do you think of this take? I think Rondo's a borderline Hall of Famer. I agree with that. He, uh, he, I'm for a Rondo guy. The career he's had, he's, he's a borderline Hall of Fame player. He's just a good player. He helps every team he's on. I agree. Yeah. He's a savant, really. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to yell. I'm just very passionate about yeah, my no, Rondo with, take. Yeah, I mean, there, everyone was out on Rondo because, like, he and Carlisle were, like, each stubborn. But, like, I don't know. Like, they're, they're both good. Like, they're, he's clearly, like, a basketball genius. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, a, a hell of a player. Um, and, oh, man. Who do I go with my last one here? I'll go with um uh I'll go with Caruso. Why not? I have I have a very small team, uh, but I'm I'm spreading the floor. Caruso is like a great example of like why the Lakers won. Like when this bubble thing started, he he was like, you know what? Uh, I have this wedding in two weeks. They told me that I was quarantined. Yeah, that's like I'm out. I'm just, I'm I'm here. I'm part of the team. I'm on this business trip. I'm not coming out. They look at like the way Lou Williams conducted himself. Right. Well, and I saw Kyle Newbeck tweeted this out the other day, and you know I agree, and it's kind of made me change my opinion on the NBA season not mattering. Is the Lakers did take the regular season seriously from the beginning? Clippers didn't, mm-hmm. and in the end, that turned out to be a pretty significant difference. Because I, I think that kind of carried over to the bubble. There's a lot of time in between. Um, but I, I think that was part of it. They developed that chemistry. And now the Sixers are relying on Doc Rivers' accountability. <laughs> yeah, Doc <laughs> Rivers, who, lo- who loves load management. Um, the, and and says he's I didn't do realize it. he was like, canceling practices to go golf. Yeah, I did, yeah that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. um, so hopefully that doesn't happen here. Uh, but real quick before the end, i got to get this Dan Mullen sound in. I should have gotten this, this in earlier. Um, but... If you watch the Florida-Texas A&M game, and, Mike, you had remarked to me during the break, and you're right, that there were way too many people at that Texas A&M game. Well, it felt like they had a, a bigger crowd than they would for, like, that game normally. Yeah. It was, it was like, I don't know, it made me uncomfortable watching it. Um, but college football coaches, they think everything revolves around. I mean, Coach O had said uh, earlier, like, in the heart of the pandemic, adamantly, America needs college football. Like college football will cure coronavirus. Basically, is is I honestly think Coach O believes that. I think he believes that college football can cure any disease if you just stick him on a football field watching his team play. You know, it'll cure any disease that he has. Um, but uh, Dan Mullen, uh, after his team loses at Texas A and M, he thought that. The crowd gave Texas A&M a significant boost. I mean, they may have. It certainly seemed like there were enough people there where it would have made a difference. Um, but in response to that, Dan Mullen uh, had a, uh, a a plea to uh, the Florida Gators and the university um, to allow more people at their games this week. Uh, it was a great day of football, great atmosphere out there. Uh, crowd was certainly a factor in the game. I will certainly say that. I know our governor passed that rule, so certainly, hopefully, the university administration Decides to let us pack the swamp. You're saying 90, you want to see 90,000? Absolutely want to see 90,000 in the swamp last year. I, I, there were, I don't think the section behind our bench, I didn't see an empty seat. It was packed. Uh, the entire student section, uh, must have been 50,000 people behind our bench going crazy. So uh, like, hopefully, like I said, hopefully that creates a home field advantage for us next week because now we pass a law in our state that we can do that. So who cares about public health? 
Who cares about public safety? Pack the swamp. So we, who are they playing this week? Do they need the crowd this week? Who are they playing? Uh, are they playing LSU? I don't know. I thought you were looking up the schedule. No. Uh, Saria just tipped me off of this. Dan Mullen, do you know where he's from? No. Drexel Hill. Wow. Uh, great. Uh, no, I did not. I did not know that. I figured he was. A, I just figure every SEC coach is like a Southern guy. Oh, he went to your sinus. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I don't think the best message, you know, uh, because we we need our crowd. Uh, forget about the pandemic. Forget about coronavirus. Pack the swamp is uh, Dan Mullen's plea uh, to the university. Yeah, they're the um, they're like the showcase SEC game. I think it's them and, and LSU. Okay. Uh, well, LSU's not very good anyway, so uh, Florida should be able to beat them. But Dan Mullen, damn it, he wants that stadium full. Uh, so we'll see if he gets his wish. And uh, the the city will make an announcement today um, in regards to the Eagles, whether they'll allow fans. And I believe Reese said yesterday that Jim Kenny will be on tomorrow with the morning show. Um, so he'll discuss that decision. Uh, on the morning show tomorrow. Um, and that'll do it for the show tonight. Thanks to Mike Angelina for producing. Um, uh, next up, we'll talk to Al for the Overlap Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.